0: But speaking of guys that seem not to have made it under Arteta, you know, Nicolas Pepe's back in the news talking, uh, talking with some, I I don't know who the journalist was, but he said the quotes here, I'm very happy at Nice. There will be discussions with Arsenal at the end of the season. I still have a lot of friends at Arsenal. I don't know what they want to do. I could have been an important player for them, but the manager makes the choices. Now that sounds like a player that's gone, and he's trying his. Start. You know, and it, it, it's sad. It, it's a little bit like Emil Smith Rowe, where Emil Smith Rowe came in. He's talking about oh, how much he's sad that he can't play because he wants to be part of the team. It's that dynamic, but not. But he's actually not going to get picked. That this isn't the. You know what I'm saying? That well, that
1: Emil Smith to be Rowe Emile was sad he couldn't play with the team because he was hurt. He didn't blame yeah. it. He didn't say because the manager makes the choices. That's the difference between the two. And, Ooh, and obvi- uh, obviously, I mean, like, look, Pepe, a lot of people believe that to this day that Nicola Pepe was treated poorly by Mikel Arteta so much so to the point where they they still use that as a stick to beat Mikel Arteta over, where he's quote unquote mm-hmm. ruining players like Saliba, who he just ruined completely. And, you know, and Guendouzi and so on. I mean, it's one after the other. And Pepe is one of the last sticks that we could still beat. Not we, but that a person could still beat Arteta with. And, um, you know, look, Pepe, it just didn't work out. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. He, whatever it was, whether it was things at training, whether it was attitude, whether it was effort, whether it was preparation, whether it was the actual finished product. I think it's a, a clearly talented player. And but I
0: think it's pretty clear what, what happened, don't you realize what happened? Well Bakayosaka.
1: Yeah, Bakayosaka became too good. But but I mean look, but even without that, Pepe had mm-hmm. opportunities to play on both wings before Martinelli was truly ready. Um, you know, th- they were opportunities. It wasn't that he was blocked, it was that he wasn't picked most of the time. And 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 that happens. I mean, Angel de Maria, de, de Maria you know, didn't have a good run in the Premier League while he was here. Uh, I mean, the list goes on. Especially a lot of players that come over from France and Italy just don't do it in the uh, in, in in the Premier League, and and so that's what happened with with Pepe. So, you know,
0: well, well, I, in, I get in, him
1: being salty, and I get him wanting a move, and I think we all want to move. I think the best thing for both for both sides is for him to be sold this summer. And if and if uh, if Nice is going to pay us some money for him, now, now what I don't want is this bullshit that happens where he starts. Essentially torpedoing any value that he has in you know for us, and we and, and essentially forces us into doing some sort of cut rate cancellation of his contract because you know he still has value and he should be sold. I don't know how much money Nice has to throw around, but and uh, we need to get some money for him in my opinion. I
0: I, I don't Doesn't know. not have to be like, a lot. He he's one he's one of the ones where he's like the final person that I'm okay with just cutting ties with because I, I think that he destroyed his own value through his own choices and this is why you're mentally weak Pepe because I want I want to again I know you're listening to this so let's let's have this one on one talk Pepe do you remember that Wolves game I remember that Wolves game that was the last game you'll ever play that that, that was There's the
1: one where where he where he had the like the breakaway chance and he just fucked around with the ball and, didn't and, and almost caused midfield. us uh,
0: yeah he almost lost us the game and and i remember it was like a he came in on us as, as a sub and it was like everything it was like pepe summarized in like 15 minutes he almost scores a goal and then almost like completely just lets a guy run right past him. and and fortunately somebody was back there i think it was ben white that makes the clearance and it was just one of those things where it's like he, listen man you had your shot. You really did. And I, I don't think that anybody's been unfair to you. I think that there's a lot of things that uh that make it so that you can't keep up at this level. And one of the main ones is when you have a kid. And remember, but Saka, he's only 21 now. He was like 19 when he took your spot. 19. You're letting it, you let it. and to be fair to Nicholas Pepe, I've heard that he had a great training mentality, that he wasn't a sulk around the office, that he wasn't a, a person with a bad attitude, unlike the Chuckle brothers, Socrates and, and Mustafi, like that he actually, oh, yeah, had. Print. yeah, yeah, just, they, because they used to love to chuck him in the goal. Socrates and Mustafi, they used to chuck him in the goal. Then
1: they, then they would chuck their hand up in the air to see who who they could blame for the goals.
0: But the reality is this, and I'm just going to say it, for whatever you want to whine about, Nicolas Pepe, Granite Xhaka was out the door. He was booed off the pitch by fans, and he, Mikel Arteta came in here, gave him the same chance that you had, and look at what Granite Xhaka has done with that chance, and look at what you've done, and that, my friend, See, is why you don't you're not getting into this champion, this title push with this team anywhere near it
1: because you were you were accusing you me, of, of, me. Of, of having something against people and 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 not being consistent in the way I applied my uh my hate. Now you've just done the same
0: thing. Well, how was I inconsistent? Where's the inconsistency? Where's the hypocrisy? Granted, jo-
1: well, you're 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 propping up Granit Jaka while tearing down uh uh Pepe
0: because I, they a, were given the same I, chance I know, and it. I. And I'm being fair with Granite because we all know where I stood with Granite. Yeah, and no, I think are. that – and I've even had to go back, and it's crazy. I, You know, you get bored over the international break, and I was watching some Arsenal comps, and I actually had to sit back and, you know, go, wow, Granite Jock has actually been integral to a lot of these gorgeous Arsenal moves that we've been a part of. And yeah, hats off to you. You had more in the, in the tank than I ever thought possible. And I've apologized, but – Pepe doesn't get that same love. So, yeah, I no, think we has got to be sold.
1: What, what would – I I mean, I don't know that I would you, – you've already said, you. you I mean, if I'd it has to be that you would just let him go. But, I mean, at what point would you be like, wow, I'm actually pl- pretty pleased with how that worked out?
0: 10, uh, 15? Yeah, 7, 5, anything. Like, if we got 5 for him, I'd be like, all right, cool. Because let's be honest, we should have bought him for like 30.
1: Well, well yeah I mean that, there's there's stories and stories about how that mm-hmm. happened and why that happened and you know the, the price tag shouldn't have anything to do with our current discussion it, I mean Dempex's right he was never a 72 million pound player uh, I don't know that anyone else was willing to pay uh, anything close to Lille for that uh, for him but um, but you know that's that's a sunk cost we're very very near now to being out from from that amortization so whatever you know we, we could we could potentially sell him for a slight profit. Uh, on what's left on his amortization or we just dump it and, and it's gone. But he's, yeah, he's not coming back. You, you, you forgot about Sambi.
0: I didn't uh, forget that he's okay. literally next.
1: Oh, I thought you said five people and I thought those were five. So
0: I, I, I realized I badly counted a while and that wasn't five. That was only three, but, um, but yeah, yeah so we have Sambi Lakanga and then we have the kids to go through. So Sambi Lakonga is probably a harder one for most people. We're keeping I... Aditya
1: up all night tonight. By the way, check out Aditya's blog. By the way, the 9, the nine eighteen blog. Um,
0: Shout out Aditya. By the way,
1: yeah, we love we love ourselves some Aditya.
0: Um, by by the way, uh, Aditya, where are you staying? Are you like what country are you in right he's in,
1: now? He's in Pune, uh, India.
0: Oh, you're in India. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other conversation because India is going through some stuff right now. I know they just had like uh, an official like a. Uh, fake arrested by, by Modi. That's a whole nother political conversation. South Indian, uh, South Asian politics is wild. Well,
1: we're doing it. We're doing a sub podcast called the Gooners podcast, South Indian uh, Peninsula edition um, <laughs> politics with Aston and Magic Mike. So uh, yeah, that that's on yeah. Fridays at, at uh, 432
0: AM. Yeah. And it's, and it's right after uh, Magic Mike shows you the money. Magic Mike, <laughs> Magic Mike shows you the rupees. Definitely coming
1: out. Mike shows you the rupees.
0: Shows you the. So, um, <laughs> sorry, but yeah, Sambi Lakanga. I, I have. I'm going to be honest. I have not been watching him over at Crystal Palace. Have you?
1: Why would you? I mean, uh, no, I haven't been watching him. I've been listening to him, and his yapping. mouth. you know, I, I, I should know better than to than to be surprised or offended by these things. But you know. When you're on loan from Arsenal, shut your goddamn mouth and just play football, or 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 say positive things about the team you're playing for. But you know this saltiness about Arsenal and these 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 little messages about you know. I, I mean, look, he did say good things about Crystal Palace, frankly, but it was in a, in a it was in a very passive aggressive way, in my opinion. Um, but you know, whatever it, the, the kid. I mean, we saw it in the in the Amazon video where where look. Amazon and Arsenal did a, you know it was a PR piece that entire thing? Yet somehow Sambo Laconga
0: still ended up looking pretty badly. Like in, yeah, w- when Eddie and Kedia is looking like uh, the prodigal son, and and Sam, and and you can't like outstrip him. Like yeah, it,
1: Samby's it, whining about not getting an opportunity in a team that has Thomas Partey and you know and and Granite Zaka starting his his ascent again. I mean all it, just. I I think the kid.
0: I I want to say the harshest thing I've said this whole time. A good player and and
1: and a core fit
0: for us. Sophie, Sophie's going to kill me for this. But I used to scream at the screen when Sophie was raving about him when we first got him because I just never saw it. He seemed, and I, I, maybe personally I'm a little harsh and I I know I'm going to get shit thrown at me here. I still don't think our midfield's as good as it's been. Sorry. I have a very, very high bar for midfielders. And especially because we've had an embarrassment of riches over the years. And I just – Sambi Lakonga just never looked it to me. He looked no better than, easy. like, Coughlin, you know. He looked better than, like, you know, maybe we'd get more out of him. But he just seemed like El Nene level to me, where it's like I, I – okay as a backup maybe, but never really saw him I, – I never saw him being – any sort of solution or taking any sort of step, but that's me. Maybe I'm being harsh now. Well, a bad pe- guy he, now. We had swapped. a
1: pedigree. Yeah, yeah. We have we have completely swapped. In fact, I just I saw your girlfriend just walking around my house. <laughs> um, we um, he came with a pedigree. I mean, look he he was a young was a captain at Anderlecht. Um, no 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 less of a judge of talent than Thierry Henry. Uh, had, had I believe had very strong positive things to say about him as he got to know him through the Belgium setup. Um, and um, uh, you know, there was definitely something that they saw in him, but again, you know, success in a football club we have learned this season. If you didn't already know, now you know, as as uh. who's the host of the daily show as as trevor noah always says if you didn't if you didn't know now you know um chemistry and the mix of personalities is the most important element to whether you're going to have success on the football pitch with talent being second um a close second but second and um and and you don't know sometimes until you bring somebody in whether they have that first part or not. You know you might know what they have the opportunity to be in the second part, but you don't know what they have in the team. And, it, and it's a constantly evolving chemistry experiment that has to be managed and titrated and and uh, and and adapted and, and evolving. And Lakanga just doesn't seem to fit in that. I mean, that's my Crystal opinion. Pal-
0: Crystal Palace offer a seven million. Do you take it?
1: Oh, I think that's low. Um, I know. If if they offer him $7 million, I I elect to, to loan him out one more season and mm. see what he can do, whether it's to Crystal Palace or someplace else. Well, I'm not taking a penny underneath 13291000 Okay,
0: sold. All right, As Sammy Lakanga, your price has been set. Crystal Palace, please direct all inquiries to Magic Mike. Uh, Next, we have the kids. Uh, I think this one's going to be a little tougher because I think some of us are already getting attached to these kids. And whether or not they'll be able to walk into a team, there's a difference. I think Bakayo Saka, Martinelli, and Emile Smith-Rowe all benefited from the fact that Arsenal were quite bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. So of course they, they could walk in into in our room. team because we didn't have any other options. And it just so happened between whether that be between, obviously the, the personality of the players, between per murder Sacker being an excellent youth coach and between Mikel Arteta's coaching, they happen to work out. I don't know if that's going to happen as often, you know, going forward as we approach a, a higher and higher level, whether players are going to be able to break in this team and, that's where you get the questions. Like, what do you do with Charlie Patino?"
1: Yeah. I knew that was coming. And, and, you know, this is the story of top teams. I mean, how many, I mean, other than, well, actually I've seen a few in in my recent travels, but I'm saying how many kids come through the ranks at Manchester city or Chelsea uh, or Liverpool. And, 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 and I'm self-correcting myself because there've been a handful even during Liverpool's rise that are coming through. Harvey Elliott is going to play. Although, whether he plays at Liverpool or whether he plays some someplace else, we don't know. Uh, there's that kid Lewis uh, at, at, uh, at city um, who's coming through. So there are some, but it's really, really rare because you're just going to have that top, top established quality in your starting 11. Um, so the question to me is who, who's good enough to make the bench next season as a, Occasional guy who gets run-ins when the game's already out of hand, or in you know in group stage uh, games in Europe or something, or or early round cup games, um, and you know Patino apparently it was a good loan at at Blackpool. That's kind of gotten a little less name. good. Um, they, they already have a chant
0: for him. They love him at. Black- I don't like know he- that the loan. I don't know that the loan has has progressed
1: and and continued on the way it started. As far as I mean, he got off to a great start there. Um but Blackpool's a certain level, and then there's a loan to a Premier League club. Or, mm. you know, I, I I think he gets loaned next year to a club that is closer to the level of competition that we need. And then we make an assessment of whether he fits in or whether he's going to be one of those guys that, you know, one of those academy guys of a of a of a championship contending team that needs to go to a mid-table team or, you know, or out of the country to play to get regular playing time. I mean, it's a good problem to have if we can't find a way to get Charlie Patino into our team.
0: You know, it, it's, it's, it's a it's better so problem
1: fun. if it's because if we can't find a way of getting into the team than it is if he's just not good enough to make it
0: into the team. Well, it, it's so funny, this interesting situation with Charlie Patino, right? Because almost the opposite of what I was saying about Nuno Tavares, where it's like he does have the arsenal shine. He does get, like, if we go on to win the league, he will have a lot of value behind him because we will have won the league off of the back of having the youngest squad ever and um, that squad being made up of a ton of academy products. Matter of fact, I would go, uh, I would say that if, we had gotten Nuno Tavares when he was like 17 or something, exact same skill level, played the exact same games that he did for Arsenal and then loaned him out this year. I would say he'd probably come back and be a 30, $40 million player because there's a shine of going through hail end right now. Right. So yeah. the, and, and that situation with Patino is so interesting because it is that, because you almost want to pull the trigger because he's, i do think you might be able to get forty or fifty for him he, he oh, he's I I don't
1: and and I you don't, I don't think see he's that. a little
0: bit of the Buendia situation nope. where because he's nope. putting out Buendia numbers
1: for blackpool Buendia yeah, was but, putting Buendia put up those numbers in the Premier League no, no, no. Uh, no. he they, did
0: it. That was the. Th- that's why I didn't want him, I thought He sucked I, in the Premier League, but when they went down, I thought, is when I he, thought, he, I thought though.
1: he had his. I thought he had his good season, and the summer that they went down is when he was sold. Um, I th- that was my impression, but uh, I could. I, I thought he believe. played a season down there.
0: Well, well Norwich,
1: insane. Norwich certainly did, but I think he was sold when they went down. Maybe someone in the chat knows for sure, but um, I mean, you're not going to get a forty million pound bid for for Patino. Patino who's never played a competitive game in the Premier League. Um, you're, you're not gonna get 40 for it. you might get 20 something. Cause teams, teams, I mean 40, something, yeah.
0: not what
1: 40 is what you sell a, a player who you know what you're getting. It's not just potential for. I mean, that's even now with 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 prices so escalated, 40 is not something that you pay for for, for potential. Um I think patino you know patino either needs a loan to a championship a high level championship or low level Premier league team next season um or uh well, that's what he needs and you know if look if we bring in two midfielders if we bring in Casado and rice, then i mean that's a few years of his pathway kind of being blocked, and so you know at least one on loan and then we see what we got
0: but the thing is is like. And this is and this is why this gets so difficult with such a with a team. Don't you want him to want to try to fight that out? Yeah, don't you want don't you want him to want to come in and try to take those spots? Obviously, yeah. you're going to the, the counter to that is not, not enough
1: to not enough to not get Caicedo and Rice if that's if that's in the cards for the summer. But no, yeah, but,
0: no, 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 no. I'm saying like to compete with them, like to have a competitive edge, like to try to fight for a spot amongst these guys that yeah, should you already into, be doing if you, it.
1: If you go into the season with Partey hopefully able to play, uh, unless he doesn't deserve to. Let's just leave it there. Um, Partey, Jacca, Rice, Caicedo, and Patino, and a returning El Nenny, maybe. Uh, I'm good with that, I'm great yeah. with that. And yeah, and trust me, Patino, even though he won't see a lot of minutes, he's gonna get a lot better education and, and training than, than perhaps he would playing more minutes at a you know Bristol City or QPR or something Did like you that. Say Xhaka? No, Patino.
0: No, but did you say when you listed those players? Did you did you name Jaka? Jaka not in your plans for yeah. next year?
1: No, I said Partey Jaka right? Okay, okay, I, did,
0: I, I missed it. I missed. I, it. I was. I it. thought you were dropping a little bit of a bomb there. No,
1: like, no, 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 no. I don't drop bombs what is in the Ger- pool.
0: What has Gerbil been telling you?
1: I don't. Uh, I don't drop any bombs when I'm in the pool.
0: Would you sell Jaka?
1: No. At this point, well, yeah. I mean, again, again, everybody has a number. If someone offers me 50 million for Xhaka, yes, I would sell him. But, but, uh, me neither at this point, at this point, I think I've come around to the guy's going to end his career with us. And, you know, and, and when his play starts waning a little bit and, and, and we can replace him with better quality, which could be as early as kind of starting to happen next season, depending on if, you know, who we sign when we sign Bellingham, um, you know, when that happens, I think he's still a valuable member of the team, and I mean, I couldn't have come around more on him. Uh, so yeah, I think I think he ends his career with Arsenal.
0: Yeah, you know, weirdly, he's he's one of the ones I know. El Nini's being talked about this way too, but he's the one that I think will end up in the coaching setup, whether it be at Arsenal. I don't know. I would like him to be at Arsenal's coaching setup, but I I I think he ends up had nailed it.
1: He's the Roy Kent of our team. 100 percent. i think he is the Roy hand of our um
0: okay so we've got what about um what's his name john Jules. haven't
1: heard much about him lately uh yeah. um,
0: and norton cuffy
1: he's look i i don't protest I, I don't i don't pretend to be a george bird uh mm-hmm. and, and an expert on the youth side uh there are even others of us in our own podcast and in Mike, uh, in Mikey's podcast and uh, not another Arsenal podcast who spend a lot more time than I do watching the youth team, uh, like actually watching the youth team, not just reading the names. So, um, you know, Ruo Walters, we, I mean, there, there, there's a, essentially like a good part of a, of a starting 11 that's coming through Hale N that we have to, you know, shit or get off the pot with in the next two years, let's say. Uh, but isn't that a great problem
0: to have? Yeah, it's a really good problem. Okay, I'm bored of this one. Let's go on to Arsene Wenger inducted into the Premier League Hall of Fame. Um, you all know how I feel about Arsene Wenger. I could sit here and talk to you, uh, talk to everyone about it forever. What I did want to kind of talk about, though, what I think is really interesting and it came out a little bit in the interview is – I don't think anybody gives Wenger any credit for this Arsenal team and his influence on it. And what I mean by that is Mikel Arteta uh, specifically, whenever we talk about Mikel Arteta, we always talk about Pep's influence, Pep this, Pep that, Pep, you know, and I'm not saying that Pep wasn't a huge influence and obviously where he draws a lot of inspiration and learning from, but like he said, he got his coaching badges under Wenger, and it was Wenger who helped him get those badges. Does does he not get the like? I, and this and this almost goes in general. I don't think Arsene Wenger gets very much respect in general. I, I outside of like Arsenal, I don't think people really think very highly of him, and I find that a little frustrating personally.
1: Well, the outside of Arsenal part of not respecting him is largely jealousy, and it's largely driven by the 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 complete just the Jose Mourinho attitude towards Arsene Wenger, which was very popular amongst Arsenal haters. So uh, Arsene Wenger absolutely, I mean, I, this wasn't the question you asked, but absolutely belongs in, the, in, in any Hall of Fame of football coaching. He belongs in the Japanese Hall of Fame. He belongs in the French Hall of Fame. Um, he belongs in the Premier League and, and the, the, you know the, the Hall of Fame there. Um, I mean, it, it, he revolutionized the game. His battles with um, with the only other coach that could ever be considered in his class in England, uh, which is Fergie, were legendary. It made them both better. It's not a surprise that they ended up becoming very close friends and wine partners. Uh, but uh, Arsene Wenger was revolutionary. But he had a what what he had that that Alex Ferguson didn't was a denouement uh to use a French term. He had a uh uh you know an absolute downfall. Uh and I don't know that it was his fault. He was he was a symptom of a problem that became in and of itself a problem, but he you know he he didn't leave on top of his game. Let's put it that way. Fergie left with that FA Cup. That, That that would have been ideal, especially in hindsight when we look at things. But then you destroy the space-time continuum, and we don't have Bukayo Saka. We don't have everything we had now. So let's not go back to the future. But the, uh, you know, he he had, he 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 stayed too long. The the game changed in a way that his stubbornness did not adapt to. And there's a lot of negative feelings about him. And I, you know, I I can I can be in two places when it comes to Arsene Wenger. I love him. I adore him. The one time I met him, I it was right in the middle of all this stuff. It was it was literally a couple weeks after we won that, that, that FA cup, it was in the summer of no, no, no it was two years after that. So we won two consecutive FA cups. Then we had the complete and total capitulation where, uh where, you know, we almost beat um, we beat Leicester on Valentine's day. We almost got into first place and then we completely crashed for the rest of that season. Uh And like, just shit the bed against Swansea at home and gave Marcus Rashford the beginning of his career. And that summer, you know, everyone was complaining and talking about, we should do this. We should do that. And I ran into him in the streets of San Jose where they were playing the uh, MLS all-star team, ironically enough. Um, And all I could say was thank you because I met the guy and I was just amazed in his, in his aura. Just, I mean, I, I asked him for a selfie and I fumbled with my phone and he was patient. But like, my point is, at, at the time when he was getting some of the most vir, 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 virulent hate. Vitriolic. Vitriolic, virulent hate uh, from people within the Arsenal community. All I could say was thank you and 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 appreciate him. Um, but as far as getting credit for the team that we have now, the one connection he has to this team, in my opinion, is Mikel Arteta. But Mar- M- Mikel Arteta's management style. And,
0: and, and Murder Sacker.
1: Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, Mikel Arteta's management style and, and how he's implemented it. it. Other than the way he acts with the press, his management style and the way he runs this club, not Wenger-like at all. Uh, it's it, to me, it's the complete opposite from what I understand. Um, you know, Wenger was not a non-negotiables type of guy. He was a just let your talent and your beauty express itself, and I'm not barely going to coach at all type of style. That, you know, and and you know, I, I, we know from conversations that we've had that he, he didn't micromanage, he didn't obsess, he didn't train, he wasn't adaptable. And, I, I think, and the second of half of his run, he sorry, uh, in The second half of his run, that lack of adapt adaptability. I'm really struggling with the English language right now. The lack of adaptability. Adapti- adaptability. We saw <laughs> headers go in from West Brom, who we all knew had tall players and was good off set pieces because we didn't, you know, we zone them. Out. I mean, we saw things that were just so so obsolete that that I think he uh, he he really kind of. Didn't ruin his legacy, but it's good. It's taking a long time for people such as myself, some people to start compartmentalizing and saying it's taking winning to compartmentalize and say, let's appreciate him. Not, you know, just overall for everything that he did. And so, yeah, he belongs in the hall of fame. He, he, he belongs to have a statue if not a stand named after him at the Emirates. I, I, I truly believe that, but you know, I don't credit him at all with what's going on now. I credit him with how long it took us to get to where we are right now. And I don't, you know, and and I mean credit as far as I assign part of the responsibility as to why we had such a long climbing out of such a deep hole. I ascribe part of that to him.
0: So I agree with some parts and i disagree with a lot of that i think that a lot of the those characteristics that are attributed to Vanger are very much in people's minds the idea that the dude didn't train and that he was very i understood that he asked people to express themselves but you do not get a team to consistently play across tons of different players I mean, from I'm, I'm, ta- new, I'm talking
1: from, about. From, from, I'm talking about the whoa, later. Whoa, new. whoa, whoa,
0: whoa! You had your. Let me land. You had your piece. I'm coming in, and I'm setting the record straight because I, I'd like to offer a different tale of anger, Because what I think, where I do think that his stubbornness got the best of him, the stubbornness that I think got the best of him was wanting to win the league. And what I mean by that is, I think it's starting to come out now. Uh, obviously they didn't have full ownership back then so we don't know the full full story but i think that it's very reasonable to assume that wenger wanted to win while while maintaining a net profit he was very wedded to that idea and i think that limited us a lot of the times for the players and the deals that we were willing to do The, the the there was a little bit as far as like his 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 ability to coach. I do think that towards the end of his career, we were starting to see what is now known, what is now normalized, which is the pressing systems. And I think the pressing systems were the only bow in his, in, in his, uh, in his quiver that he didn't really add at the end. But I, I say this again, and I'll say this over and over again, banter years or not. um, The, that 2010s team had the best midfield I I've seen in, like, football. Like, I I don't know what to say about when Arteta, uh, Cazorla, Ozil, Ramsey, you've heard me say this a million times, but he did that again. Like, if you look back, and I think that Wenger was just very, very, very obsessed with winning the league without going balls out, without buying a bunch of stars without blowing a ton of money, without being unsustainable. And I think that ultimately, and and that also is why we had a little bit of the downfall in the Emirates too. Why? Because he he wanted to build a sustainable club and he wanted to build this uh, stadium to generate revenue to further feed the club when at the time large investors started to come into the league and it wasn't the same league Money wise, anymore financially, and he had too much control over the financial side of Arsenal because he didn't modernize. I mean, look at how much property, look, look at Arsenal's commercial revenue. Like, the fact that we've been usurped by Tottenham has a lot to do with Wenger's obsessive obsession with investment into re, into um real estate back in the 2000s, right? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, so, so. I I think that though what I want to say alternatively that I don't think people appreciate no team that we had after two thousand eight nine deserved to be anywhere close to touching the league. Yeah. I think Vanger made teams overperform. I think Vanger made a lot of teams overperform, and I think because we were so used to being the top teams, we didn't see it. The fact that he had it, it I that year, I that, that year, what was it, two thousand nine, two thousand? The, the year when we had the 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 up and comers, the kid squad, that would have been the youngest team to ever win the league. You get that right? Like, yeah, that yes, had you had no business. This, was, this in, was anywhere near the league, and yes. this is where and this is where you often hear Vanger lament. He goes, "I think I did some of my best work after the Invincibles." and i think that's what he's talking about and i don't think people give him that credit and then because we're so we have such a recency bias they don't give him the credit from the beginning of his career where he did um revolutionize training nutrition tactics everything in england so
1: let me let me give a, a definition of the time frames that i'm talking about cuz my my comments are mostly aimed at 2015 and beyond not 2000 2000- seven and beyond I, I'm not talking about like before the champions league final and after the champions league final, because I agree with you hundred percent. He was given way too much control and it was given to him. It was put on to him at a time where one, he had lost David Dean as a partner, essentially. Um, you know, if we don't know the story about David Dean and how he left the club, um, you know, do some research on it. It is, uh, it's fascinating and it's disappointing and it's, it explains a lot about the, the changes in in Arsene Wenger, because I'll tell you something, Ivan Gazidis was no David Dean. Um, not even close. He couldn't have shined his, a single one of his shoelaces. Um, secondly, what the, the ownership battle that occurred between 2009 and 2018 left a power vacuum in the club. It left a absolute need, and Spurs are about to find out the hard way what happens when you don't do this, but an absolute need with the stadium debt and with everything else and the ownership battle, a need to finish top four every single year. We got mocked over it, and I think no one's mocking us over it now because when you look back on things and how hard it was was to stay in the top four, even though you, you had less competitive teams there, less teams with money, no city, no Newcastle, no... You know all of that. Um, you absolutely are hundred percent right that that he took relative Dross and Nielsen and we played with third, the Nielsen and finished third and fourth on a regular basis with that Dross and the 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 achievement that that was. I mean, look, he wouldn't have. Been, I don't think he would have been able to do that today because again, there are other teams that the Premier League's got more money, so it was somewhat circumstantial at the time. But to do that that many years in a row when it was absolutely vital that they did that, because if we didn't have that money and we still had the ownership battle, trust me, we would have become a mid-table team because we would have reduced the payables, in other words, players, to match the receivables without that European money a lot earlier. By the time we started missing that money, we had one owner who was willing to pay that money to reap the rewards of it, and thank God for that. So, you know, he, he, he coached up, on subpar players and it, but he also you know because he had that power he was a company man he was tasked with getting top four
0: right
1: but not given the resources and push not harder. willing and not willing to push for the resources to to go stronger than that um as for the uh the training comments i mean these are uh, we're told directly by people who know uh i mean it's it's not an opinion that i have it's it's Secondhand and firsthand information from players who played under him, from journalists who covered players who played under him, who cover the team. Uh, I mean, they, it, it it was known that in those last five or six years, a he didn't let Steve Bold do any kind of coaching. I mean, I'm and I'm speaking mostly about the defense here. Um, the defenders would, were essentially just kicking the ball around in practice. They were given very little guidance. They were not micromanaged or coached by a defensive specialist, which you would think Steve Bold would have been, but he wasn't given the power. I think his stubbornness and, and, and management style was a bit of not minding the till uh, of the football club, especially in defense, those last three or four seasons of his. And he was kind of riding off of, you know, what no he was offense, used Steve to.
0: Bold has gone on to do what in coaching?
1: I, I'm not. I'm not propping up Steve Bold, but it, but you know, if you have a def, a defensive minded coach, you you might as well let him coach. I mean, I mean, if uh, he's
0: if he's maybe Steve Bold is. I mean, that's what I'm pointing out is if he's a defense such a great defensive minded coach, why isn't he doing?
1: I didn't that say he was great, but but he shouldn't have been silenced and not allowed to do anything, which is essentially what we were told that he was. So, you know, I,
0: I but why I, why should he do something just because his name is Steve Bold? I'm saying okay, he wasn't let, good let,
1: enough. Let let me replace that. They should have had a defensive coach that was allowed to coach Steve Ball right. or otherwise. Right. And we and should have. Wasn't, brought, and that was. I think you know, the nepotism
0: is, is what you're getting at. Like we had a lot of old coaches that were bedded in forever that needed to be refreshed.
1: Whoever the defensive coach was, it could have been Pep Guardiola. He Wenger didn't let them. He they, he didn't let the defensive coaches do their job. He had to be the defensive coach, but then he wasn't doing it. Um, he, he, it's just it was just his coaching style. He let the he let he started to let favored players run the locker room. Mezidozil started his Mezidoziling under Arsene Wenger, and and the 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 Rat Packs and the players who decided when they wanted to play hard, who were constantly looking for somebody to blame, the complete lack of leadership on the pitch that we saw from 2015, 16, 17, 18, that all happened under Arsene Wenger. So all I'm saying is his first 10 years were otherworldly his next eight years were were you know manageable and and a, and a relative miracle given the, the 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 what he had to work with as soon as those incredible players of the invincibles years started to leave and not be replaced with like kind um, it, it was you know it, it's it, it's Two phases, you know, 1996 to 2014 and then 2015 and on. And those last four years were brutal. And those last two years put us in the situation that took us four years to get out of. Um, and, and, And this is from somebody who has literally just said, I might go so far if it didn't destroy the old Highbury naming conventions of naming a stand after him.
0: I just, so. I just think that, I just think that in this situation, for like, w- what decisions did Arsene do that people were very upset about? I think that we didn't. I think in his last few years, he bought Lacazette, he bought Aubameyang, he bought Mkhitaryan. I think the biggest issue is that Gabriel, Mustafi, Socrates didn't really work out but i don't think he, that he, he
1: got us into some kind he and, and gazitas did get us into not not all of them because some of them happened after he left but got us into i mean we signed pepe after he left
0: yeah um, i was going to say i would say that the 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 some the, of the
1: contracts that he gave out became albatrosses around our neck as well Yeah, but, but so did a contract gave that, that
0: same contract he gave Ozil to obama yang so i don't i think that's just the cycle of a player you have to decide at that point at that point the question was we were going to lose alexis and ozil who do you save and how and what should you do and i don't think that i think with the ability of hindsight we can go in and say okay well obviously ozil is going to be crap after this After, by the way, he just almost broke Thierry Henry's record for assists like the year before. So I I think that sometimes like we, we attach our emotions a little bit about how we were feeling in that time. I don't think that his mistakes were nearly as egregious as people made. I do think that they were financial, though. I do think that he did some weird stuff where he just wasn't spending money very well. And then he wasn't also able to get players anymore. I don't, I, I, he needed a better, he needed a system. Like you were saying a David Dean, somebody that Ivan Gazidis wasn't able to actually sink deals for, for these players that he kept, talking up kept having contact with but we were just never able to sink them I mean like why didn't we get Iguaine why didn't we get uh Luis Suarez we at Lewis- you
1: treat them like billiards like like we, we weren't able to sink
0: them <laughs> like, like like yeah a but, but, but think about that like if we would have gotten Luis Suarez we win the league for the next two years
1: yeah and who was the one the brainchild behind offering him 40 million
0: and one pound do we know what do we know but that's exactly the point is like I think that there were some weird financial decisions that's where I get on vanguard where it's like you needed somebody to manage your finances you needed to refresh your coaches well he's an economist economist,
1: but that can hurt you sometimes when you're playing in a game that is not you know, there it, it isn't financially. Um, it's not heard. fair. It, 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 it's it, not. It's not an efficient uh, economic market. It's just. Yeah, exactly. Insane. Like it's
0: it's not being fair when when Abramovich came in. Uh, teams start running at a massive, not just a minor loss, but a massive loss year by year, and you just you you can't keep the same models. Plus, again, we were still dealing with the weird uh, cronky ownership thing. I, listen, I like I said, I don't mean this to absolve him of mm-hmm. all things. I do think that there's plenty of things that arson wenger did wrong but when we say like 2014-15 we should have won the league we should have won it 15-16 16-17 17-18 his last two years i would say were probably the the not great the not great ones where we should have improved upon a team that was actually competing it like if it wasn't for injuries competing did, for a title you remember so, you remember just just signing petr check yeah, that's what summer, I'm saying. When
1: we needed a defensive midfielder, when we needed, you know, yeah, that was the year after football. we got
0: Alexis, right? Like we should have won the league that year, yeah. and then we go out and we sign just Petter. Check we got
1: Ozil, we got Alexis, and then we signed Petter. Check,
0: and I wonder why that. Like, I really do wonder why that. Like, because that that's so weird. That is the weirdest. Like, I don't know what the fuck actually happened underneath. Okay, that the,
1: that's well, it's an example of his stubbornness. I, I I'm relatively sure that kse with their 68 percent ownership or whatever uh didn't indicate to him you have nine million pounds to spend this this summer that's it uh but if they did if they did i mean well again it's it's not just their choice they you know they, they they were they're in an ownership battle i'm not trying to absolve them they i mean look at that point they were they were they were not trying to win, they were trying to remain profitable until the until the uh, I mean if we won great, but they weren't they weren't going out of their way to win because they weren't the hundred percent owner of the team
0: and, and, you, and spending money, were...
1: spending money involved more than just them and and, and I'm not going to relitigate that whole situation right now but uh, um, because that's a that's a rabbit hole, but my point is i I, I truly believe that Arsen Wenger's stubbornness. And lack of understanding about how the game was evolving off the pitch and and in the boardroom and in the transfer rooms, uh, you know, I'm just assuming there are separate rooms for transfer discussions. He, um, just, he
0: just goes, he goes from the his like from the boardroom to the transfer this room. This is my transfer office. To, this it, is my it, tiny it have, office. It happens to have a toilet in it. No big
1: deal. <laughs> just, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think he basically looked at his team and said, you know what. I'm Arson Wenger. I can coach this team if they listen to me. I can coach them. Get back to what we had, you know, eight or nine years ago. Um, I'm not just going to blow our whole budget and 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 lose our profit that that I've been tasked to get to buy X player, Y player. Uh, I, I like Pettercheck. I don't see any other players that we need. I truly believe that he believed that 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 there wasn't going to be significant yeah. improvements that were in a reasonable cost cost range. And I that think was that was the made...
0: Higuain year, though, wasn't it? I don't think so. I think that's the Higuain year where we were going all out for Higuain. And then the Higuain year, was the year was the same year as the Suarez year. I thought, no, no. Suarez was the year before. And then Iguain was like, we fucked up so bad. We have to get Higuain. And then he ends up going to Milan. I thought, am I, am I crazy? Or you, Juve, Juve was it? Juve? He went, he went,
1: yeah. He went to Juve. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could be crazy.
0: I could be mixing. Listen, there was a lot, but I I think that because the Igualen was was two thousand
1: thirteen, um, two thousand
0: thirteen. There's no way.
1: Yeah, Suarez. Suarez was July two thousand thirteen, and I'm almost positive that as soon as they laughed us off, we we went to Iguayan that same year, and then that, and then that basically took the rest of the
0: entire summer because two thousand thirteen was Ozil.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I'm, 13, I'm, trying to was, I'm trying to Google things while we're doing a podcast. Yeah, yeah thirteen fourteen
0: was Ozil, fifteen sixteen was Alexis, uh uh sixteen seventeen was Czech. And I think it was sixteen seventeen because we'd we'd spent money the two years before. So I think it was sixteen seventeen that we didn't get Iguaine. I think it was 1314 Fourteen or fourteen, fifteen. when we went in for Suarez. Might have been thirteen, fourteen. I might be a year off, but anyways, it's neither here nor there. The point is, is dude deserves his, uh, dude deserves his thing, and also Mike hates French people. That that's all we've learned from this. Um, speaking of, at least at the very least, as banter as Arsene Wenger may have been in those years where he was being too stubborn for us and putting us into a hole. He managed to win more trophies than a certain club that happened to just get rid of their uh manager. Did you see this whole conte nonsense? I mean, literally, I was saying while he was in that press conference when he was, you know, saying, you know, 20 years, no trophies, all this stuff. I was literally saying Tottenham get battered wherever they go. It, Where do it, they go from here? What is it, Tottenham even?
1: It was the most predictable arc of a coach <laughs> I've ever seen. I'm getting tired of saying how right I was and how many people I argued with about ambition in hiring versus desperation. Tottenham asked him to come to coach them three months after he they had or four months after he had already turned them down because they had failed with Nuno Santos, Espiritos, uh, Hernandez, De La
0: Hoya, (laughs) De La Hoya. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and and um, and and they just had nowhere else to turn they basically had I mean it, it was like when you sign Ronaldo just so that you can sell the shirts that's what right. it was it I mean and that's not look, Conte can be a great coach I have very little respect for coaches that tend to only do well when they're provided the world Um. it's nice to see a coach like that some you know like like uh, Rafa Berni- Benitez ended up coaching some subpar teams and you got to see what that he could actually coach. Uh, he didn't win things with them, but he couldn't have won something with Newcastle at that point, but he brought him up. I think he, he brought him down and then brought him back up. But, um, you know, Conte's the type of guy that he needs to coach a top team, be giving everything else in the world, and then, oh, look, he's he's really, really good coach. But I mean, Tottenham was never going right. to be that. Tottenham were never the, – their big mistake was not selling Kane that summer. But uh, – True. But, but the uh i mean h- him coming there was a stepping stone for him to put himself in the shop window for a bigger job whether it was in england or otherwise and the 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 length of his contract 18 months uh or 19 months the the absolute lack of responsibility that he would have if things didn't work out which is exactly the the zip line he pulled with those press conferences especially the last one I mean, it, it, it worked out exactly as anyone who was paying attention should have known that it worked out. It was not Tottenham putting their their, their their foot in the sand and saying, we are now big boys. It was a big boy move that they had to make for show, and it didn't work out because you cannot build a house on a crappy foundation, and they have a crappy foundation there. So they, they, you could use the best cement in the world, the best wood in the world, and the house is still going to fall down. It is now in the process of falling down. It will officially fall down if they don't make the Champions League this season. And given their stadium austerity and their billion dollars of debt or billion pounds of debt um, that, uh, that, that they can't Barcelona their way out of, they're in big trouble because they are where we were when we needed to finish top four every single year just to kind of maintain and challenge and be relevant and when they stop getting that money for one season, possibly two uh, or more, it's going to be cascading, and they're going to be right back to being the shit club that they are, but with a lot bigger expenses.
0: It's actually really interesting, because I actually think Levy's done a master class when it comes to the commercial side of Tottenham. But what he's done, it's almost like you know, you build a giant apartment building Full of just beautiful apartments, tons of rooms, great place. But you built it's it in the bed, middle south. of but no, you built it in the middle of the desert, and there okay. are no people to actually like buy these beautiful, luxurious uh rooms of yours. And that's what what's gonna happen. You have all this beautiful infrastructure that you've built up, but you don't you're not gonna have the ability to maintain it because you don't have anywhere to fill it. Now, what I like to say that it's like and, and we've all been here. All right, you guys ready for it to get canceled? Let me turn the lights down. We're going to get canceled, okay?